0: Welcome to Ask Art, a podcast brought to you by me, Senator Art Haywood, where we will cover politics, policy, social justice issues, and everything in between. Uh, Everybody, this is uh, Art Haywood, state senator, and so glad that you have been able to join us. This is Pride Month, and I'm so glad that we have a special guest who is going to talk to us more about Pride Month, but this is an important month for us, that we celebrate human rights and the right to love who it is you want to love. But before we get into uh, that celebration, I do have a few updates from the district. Uh, number one, uh, our summer reading programs are going forward, our summer reading programs are going forward, and they're going to start on July the 5th. We're going to have two summer reading initiatives, one at uh, recreation centers, including Finley, Emmanuel, Pleasant, Lottie Young, Bellfield, and Simons. And then we'll also support the Read to Succeed program of Senator Vincent Hughes, and this will be at McCluskey Elementary School in Mount Airy. So glad that we can help our young people be in a position so they don't fall behind Uh, during the summer that we want to prevent the summer slide that causes our young people to fall behind when they have not done enough reading during the summer. Second, I certainly want to congratulate all of the graduates. Uh, I know there'll be many graduations going on throughout this month and for all those hard-working students and the families and the, the, the teachers and all those who are supporting our young people so they can move into the next level of their lives. Thank you so much and congratulations to all of the graduates. My core message for graduates is bet on yourself. The investments have been made in you, you can do it, bet on yourself. And then lastly, before I turn it over to Preston, I'd like to thank all of the students and all of the administrators uh, who helped us have a tremendous event at LaSalle University. We've been working with students from Building 21 High School and Martin Luther King High School to expose them to career choices. And we had a culminating event uh, just last week at LaSalle where again, career choices were presented to uh, students all sophomores so they can see uh, the paths that are ahead for them and hopefully make the wise choices that can lead them into some level of higher education and into a strong family sustaining job. Higher education is now four-year degrees, two years, uh, certificate programs, big range of what's available now in higher education and but higher education is a key part of the path to having a family-sustaining job. Now, having shared that, I want to turn it over to Preston. I'm so glad that he could uh, join us. I know he uh, is uh, pitching in to make sure we have this conversation, and I appreciate it. So Preston, first thing I'd like for you to do, please, is share more about your organization and why Pride Month is so important.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Senator. Um, Yeah, so uh, my name is Preston. I'm the Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Youth Congress. We are Pennsylvania's statewide youth-led LGBT advocacy organization. We were formed over a decade ago when our founders realized that when they looked around, they saw a lot of organizations that um, would serve youth and provide services to LGBT youth, but there really wasn't a place for young people to gather together and organize and have a voice at the table where the decisions that would be affecting young people for years and years to come um, for us to have a voice in that process. And so that's really why PYC was founded. Um, Since then, we've done a lot of work um, pushing for responsible uh, statewide legislation that would uplift and empower LGBT youth, like um, A big thing for us is pushing for statewide non discrimination protections to make sure that, you know, LGBT Pennsylvanians have the same rights as everyone else, that we can um, work and live without fear of being fired just for being ourselves or um, be denied an apartment or housing just for being who we are. Um, So that's very high up on our radar. And um, also defending against some legislation that is. Um, would be harmful to LGBT youth and um, cause pain and suffering that's really needless. Um, So we do a lot of work at the state level, but we also work in local communities to make sure that we are uh, supporting LGBT people on the ground who are trying to get uh, local non-discrimination ordinances passed. We have um, over 70 now in Pennsylvania, which is amazing since we don't have statewide protections yet. Um, Over a third of Pennsylvanians are protected under these local um, laws and also working to support youth in school districts. If there is a case of discrimination happening, Um, we step in and um, support wherever we can to make sure that our students have a safe place to learn and thrive and grow um, and don't have to worry about being targeted for just for who they are. And for us, Pride Month is such a big big celebration because it's it's, it's so important to have that reset and, and now especially this year I think I can speak for most of us it's been it's been a tough year um, but we can take this moment and really find joy in community and being connected to a history a strong history and really realizing that you know especially, For a lot of youth that we see at Pride events, the first time, this is sometimes the first time they're in a space with other LGBT people and they can see, hey, there are adults just like me who have gone through the same experiences I have and have come out on top, have lived and thrived and found families and careers. And that's so important to just join together as a community and realize we're connected to a strong history and we also have a strong future that we have to fight for. Um, and so for us, Pride is just a great reset and such a focusing moment. And I think, especially this year, this is what it needs to be a moment to gather and focus on what we have to do for the future.
0: Yeah, no, thanks so much. I want to unpack some of the things you mentioned. I was a township commissioner in Sheltenham Township, and we were one of the municipalities to adopt a non discrimination ordinance. And I was Glad to make that happen. I was president of the board of commissioners. So we were able to have success with that. And then went into the state Senate. And obviously the state Senate is very different than my, my local township. Uh, what do you see as uh, the real obstacles to getting a non-discrimination ordinance in the Pennsylvania legislation? And I say that from the context of we've had many court decisions uh, that protect non-discrimination. Uh, we have the number of mis- municipalities that you've described where over, as you say, over a third of Pennsylvania is already covered. And so in the General Assembly, it's like we're last. You know, The courts have done it. Local communities have done it. How do you see the opportunity for getting the General Assembly to come alongside the courts in all of these local municipalities.
1: Right. Um, I really think that the biggest obstacle in the way of passing statewide non-discrimination is the co-opting of, you know, uh, LGBT lives for political fodder. this is not a political issue. It's not Democrat versus Republican. This is a human rights issue. Um, an overwhelming majority of Pennsylvanians support, you know, LGBT, their LGBT peers having equal rights, um, even a majority of Republicans. So this really is not a political issue, but it is co-opted by some people and is really pushed as something that it's not. And yeah, there's a lot of misinformation and fear-mongering around you know, all pushed to, you know, be in the headlines and um, make noise for re-election campaigns and whatnot. And it's, it's really frustrating and not fair to regular everyday Pennsylvanians who are just trying to go about their lives without these added obstacles, right? Um, again, this is a human rights issue and um, really working to refocus that and having, you know, our neighbors stand up for that and make sure that they're having these conversations um, with their neighbors and their politicians, local and you know their state legislators. Um, it is really important because this is this is basic human rights. We're the only state in the Northeast to not have these basic protections.
0: Yeah, and I think that you're so right. And one thing that Pride Month can do is help uh, legislators and obviously everyday citizens have pride, see that this is a human right, see that we're talking about our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, and are we really willing to discriminate against them in terms of access to jobs and housing, and particularly when it's already uh, prohibited by many of the courts. Um, So I think you're right. We can spend some time elevating elevating human rights, elevating uh, individuals, I think it'll go a long way. So tell us more about what's happening in events that you know about to elevate pride so that pride becomes a larger and larger celebration. Because it does appear to me that uh, we win on the culture, which is the acceptance culture, which is the love culture. We win on the culture change, and then it will make a much more difficult for this kind of divisive politics to be effective. So um, what do you think about what I just said, but also what's happening for Pride Month that hopefully we can help us bring us together?
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, it's one thing to debate back and forth on the House of the Senate floor, but really speaking to human beings, people with family and loved ones, um, you know, it's a lot harder to have that same mindset of discrimination when you know that you're just talking to another person. Um, and again, uh, uplifting um, uh, LGBT communities locally and um, uplifting Pride, like you said, um, is really exploding across Pennsylvania in an amazing way. When I first um, uh, got involved with advocacy, I had never been to Mm -hmm. a Pride before, and it was my my first Pride season, you could say, and I think there were maybe 10 events across the state, uh, mostly in the bigger cities, Mm -hmm. and now this year, there are over 35
0: um, wow. And
1: yes. And so in the past couple of years, um, a lot of small town, suburban and rural communities have been just creating their own spaces and creating their own celebrations to, um, I think, highlight the fact that a lot of times people might think or say that, oh, well, there aren't really many LGBT people in, in my town or in my community. You know, we're way out in the sticks. But in, in, in reality, we're all over the place. We're everywhere and so I think that's really helped highlight that fact and Mm -hmm. um especially provided a space for um those uh LGBT locals to connect and not feel so isolated because you know sometimes it can be isolating especially if you don't really have many connections with other LGBT people and this um there's been so many spaces popping up in these um more local communities where spaces to gather and um, connect and organize and just find a lot of hope and joy for the future. I
0: think yeah. it's so important. Yeah, to be seen and to be included. And uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. The more people are seen and included, uh, then it makes it much more, you're right, it's much more difficult to criticize someone standing in front of you as opposed to some kind of uh, straw person, some, some kind of imaginary figure uh, that right. doesn't really, really not present. So, we have, unfortunately, a disgraceful debate in the state senate uh, this week on uh, trans rights. So you may have seen the disgraceful conversations. Uh, very embarrassing to be in the state senate with members who would uh, be so denigrating of other people. But uh, that is a challenge we have. Could you share with our, those who are listening what it means to be trans. I think you know there's quite a bit of confusion about uh, uh, what, uh, what that means and what it doesn't mean. We had a long debate on it, uh, it was very challenging, but uh, could you help people who are watching understand?
1: Yeah, um, I can certainly do my best. And um, I think one of the difficulties in talking about this is that I don't think it's possible to encompass all of it in one um, conversation. But I think, um, yeah, just taking steps to share a little bit about, you know, people's experiences can go a long way. And, you know, we're, trans people really aren't any different from anyone else. Um, Everyone has a gender identity. Um, A lot of times it's really apparent very young. And that doesn't mean that you have to conform to gender stereotypes. You know, uh, for example, a trans boy when they're young you know, maybe they might know exactly who they are, but that doesn't mean they can't um, enjoy things that, um, you know, from, from any masculine, feminine, really it's just the same as anyone else. But gender is such an intrinsic part of your identity, but also a social part of our identity that I know a lot of times, some, a phrase that's been thrown around before is that separating sex and gender And that is true. But also, gender is also an intrinsic part of who we are. So I think there is a stereotype that, you know, we hear a lot nowadays that it's like a mental illness and that it's all in your head and and whatnot. And it's not any more all in our head than it is for cisgender people. This is who we know we are. And whether you agree or not, you know, it doesn't change who we are. It changes how comfortable we might be around you it changes how safe we might be feel around you but it doesn't change who we are whether we're hiding it around you or not and i think there are a lot of attempts to control people's gender identity right now through these crackdowns we're seeing um, in school boards trying to hide information trying to keep uh, kids from seeing any depictions of trans people. And if you think about it, we've existed for a long time there have been trans people since you know before you and I were both born, obviously. It doesn't work to try and control it and all it does is hurt people and all it does is cause a lot of needless misery, whereas if we can just embrace our differences and you know people are diverse there are you know and and someone being transgender does not hurt anyone and. I've also seen it's it's really popular lately to the misinformation going around that um, that kids are being lured into it like it's some kind of fad, which is very confusing to me because, you know, we work with youth all the time and we know the struggles they go to. We know the discrimination and the bullying they face. And I can tell you right now that nobody would choose to be trans just for, you know, the lulls. (laughs) Like that's not a thing that's happening. Um, It's just that we have a greater understanding today and a greater wealth of information where people are able to really connect with who they are and express that better than in years past. And so we should be supporting and uplifting our youth instead of trying to stifle them and creating a lot of needless issues and needless problems.
0: Yeah, embrace the differences, I think, is really core to what you uh, just shared, at least in terms of what I received. And this embracing differences obviously is used uh, for our nation, because our nation is in a lot of challenges. One, in, in terms of ethnicity, embracing the differences, uh, gender, embracing differences, nationalities. You know, we got a big anti-immigration uh, agenda here. And so embracing uh, people from different nationalities. And so this big concept of embracing differences, I think will go a long ways for our nation and our communities to to be stronger and, and to move forward. A few more questions. I know we're hitting down to the last five minutes. I did want to ask, how can allies, those who are supporters, do a better job of either being advocates or what you just said, embracing the differences?
1: Yeah, I think it all starts with if you don't understand something, just look into it and um, listen to the people who do have those experiences and um, approach it with an open mind and not from a defensive standpoint. Um, You know, there are all things that we don't understand. We don't have all the knowledge. um, And that's okay. That's not something to be afraid of. So not being afraid to gather more information and more perspectives that you may have not had before Um, and then also just having conversations um, with your neighbors with um you know your folks at church with you know family members sometimes it's a little iffy but (laughs) um but and not necessarily calling people out and not necessarily using defensive or argumentative language but just being like hey why do you feel this way Mm. um if you encounter someone who maybe have you know, a a viewpoint on us that isn't so great. Why do you feel this way? Or sharing your thoughts and feelings uh, or stories from LGBT people that you've met or, um, you know, just really coming at it at a human level and just looking to share information um, because I find, you know, yes, I do a lot of work around politics, but I'm also a person, I'm also a neighbor, I'm also, you know, I have family, so... I find that approaching it on a very, you're not going to completely change the other person's mind, but you might have, um, you might share information that might lead to a greater understanding Um, and just taking it that little bit of a time. I think that that tends to work a lot better. Um, And then also, I think the most important thing right now, the most important thing at this time Mm -hmm. is just being involved in local politics, not, you know, you don't have to run for office, but, you know, just showing up at meetings, especially school board meetings. Our kids are really under attack right now in a lot of school boards across the state um, with parents who are angry and misinformed and want to protect their kids, but really are going about it in a way that's really harmful to other kids in the district who may be different from their children. And so making sure to show up and speak on behalf of kids like us um, who may not have, may not be able to speak for themselves. Um, and just making sure that because these school boards, when they see these crowds of angry parents, they need to know that that is not the only voice in the community. They need to know that there are voices in the community that are, you know, speaking for us and want inclusion and want equality and making sure that your voice is also heard. And it's just not, it's not just the very vocal minority that's being heard at these meetings. So just being involved, very important right now.
0: Yeah, that's that's a tremendous advice. Uh, be involved and speak up. And now that we know that uh, one of the key places of contention are in these local school districts, uh, that provides a lot of opportunity for folks. There are 501 school districts in Pennsylvania 501. we got a lot of them. And so these are places where uh, voices against are being raised. some of them are well organized, some of them are pretty well funded and we need to be on the other side to be standing up for inclusion, for human rights, uh, standing up for pride uh, and we have an opportunity to do so for folks who are listening, um school board meetings are all public meetings they will be advertised on the local school district's website sometimes you may have to give some advance notice to speak but most of the times you do not and they all have an opportunity for two or three or more minutes for the public to comment i'm very familiar with this my wife is a school board member and has been for several years so i'll I'll give you some uh what I really know about how these school boards work, school boards work, and they do pay attention to the citizens. And so uh, counterbalancing the loud no's with some yeses uh, will make a difference. Preston, in our, oh, I think we're out of time, but in our remaining few minutes or so, is there anything else you really want to share with those who are listening in Pride Month, June 2022?
1: Yeah, um, once again, thank you so much for having me on. To anyone who's listening, especially um, any LGBT youth, again, you are connected to a strong history, and we are all connected to a strong future. And I know things are might be scary and tough right now, but we just got to put one foot in front of the other, do what we can where we can, and we will be okay. I promise you.
0: We will win. We will win. Thanks to everyone uh, for listening to us. Thank you so much, Preston. And we'll see you all at our next Ask Art. Have a great weekend and a great Juneteenth. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining this episode of Ask Art. And please stay tuned for our next episode. As always, you can find everything at SenatorHaywood.com. Thank you.